Everybody, turn your Bibles to John 3, 16, please. Before I start my lesson, my preaching, let's go in the Lord a word of prayer. Dear Father, bless his people, Lord. Bless the preaching, Lord. Bless the food on bodies, Lord. Bless tonight we go back home, Lord, safely, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for his day, Lord. Your prayer, amen. 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 Well, I preach this at camp because uh, I know the Lord wanted me to preach. God told, showed me. He actually goes to my dad to show me what preaching I should do is John 3, 16. It's not, I know it's for kids, but it's actually true what God sacrificed for us. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What does that speak to you guys? What does that tell you, tell you guys? Well, it tells me... How much God sacrificed for us in this world. Amen. Amen. And my dad would not sacrifice me for this world. So I know what God sacrificed for this world. He sacrificed his own begotten son. Says in John 3.16. So what does that tell you guys? What does that speak to you guys' heart? So... I know God loves us. He's the King of King, the Lord of Lords. So, but God, He sacrificed, He made the animals, the trees, and everything. So, man, I'm not talking you guys, but man tries to be God. He's trying, like, they're trying to, like, be better than God, trying to be smarter. But God, they cannot be God, because God is the He's perfect. We're not perfect. He's perfect. And I know because when I was younger, I didn't know God. I know all of us not perfect. We didn't know God before until God showed us and opened our eyes to the church or answer. So, so I went here and I, well, I got saved. And that told me, until I heard Pastor Nolan preaching, I mean, man, what does God have us for? What does God have for us? What does he have for us to do for him? So God, he tells me, boy, you better get up there and preach. So. <laughs> So I'm going to be preaching. So so I know God has my back. He has all of our backs. He has the Pastor Nolan, his back. He has everybody in this church. He has your back. He will not leave you. He will not like say, I'll be back. He's going to stay there with you forever. He doesn't want us, his children, to be, well, dropped in the lake of fire. He didn't build it for us. He built it for the devil and the demons. I know we know about the book of, I forgot the chapter is, but 
David and Goliath. He had his back. He told him to use that rock, that stone, and swing it to Goliath's head. Until he did that, Goliath went on the ground. And that's why I know God has our back. I love the Lord. All of us, we love the Lord. We love him. We adore him. And I know, for starters, I know one time my dad had a dresser. It's about the almost the size of this pulpit. But uh, I was about to go in mom, my mom and my dad's room to go say goodnight because it was nighttime. It was late. Until a thing fall on me. And my mom was praying to God to help me to not, well, be knocked out and die. But God made me, well, until I got baptized, I know I, I got born again. Like I got born new in a new body. And so that happened to me. I survived from that heavy dresser falling me. That was about little Nikki's age. So I know God has my back and everybody's. Well, go on, Lord. Prep. Thank you, Lord, for this time, Lord. And love you, Lord, so much, Lord. God bless us, Lord, and his family, Lord. Jeff, amen. Amen. job, Renee. That's great. Preaching John 3.16. You had some very insightful things to say there. What a blessing. And uh, well, you just need to keep preaching. Amen. Keep on getting up there. Develop that preaching and let the Lord work because he's got our back. Amen. And amen. That's good. All right. Well, let's turn your Bibles to James chapter two tonight, if you would. Camp is very important. Um, I think uh, in life, some of the biggest decisions you'll make is at camp a lot of times. Teens will go to camp and they will make lifelong decisions. Decisions that last a lifetime. And uh, tonight I'm going to talk about the, a dynamic faith, a faith that we need to have in our lives. And it starts with, of course, knowing Christ as our Savior. And, uh, you know, uh, I, for myself, I grew up in a family we would we would go to baptist churches we went to ballard baptist church we would go to a i went actually to another church my brother got us going to another church it was a baptist church but i can't remember ever hearing the gospel the gospel wasn't really clear and then i ended up going to a third baptist church we ended up going to this church and it was a it was pretty aggressive church it had buses it had pretty good sized crowds uh and uh it was a blessing because i got saved i received christ as my savior heard the gospel i had a I had a, um, I, I went from not knowing really what, why Jesus went and died on the cross from, for everybody's sins. I realized that I knew that before I got saved, and I knew he was put in the tomb and he rose again. I knew all that, but I never received Christ as my Savior. Never had that opportunity. But I praise the Lord for this church because it kept on giving, you know, throwing the lightsaber out. That's that's you know having an altar call and letting people have that opportunity to receive Christ as their Savior. So I went ahead and took advantage of that at 10 years old. And, and everything changed. Praise the Lord. Everything changed. It's like, I would say it was like a light turned on. I had people around me. I even had a teacher one time said, 
uh, what has happened to your son? We had a conference. What has happened to your son? There's something big happened in your son's life because he's just totally changed. Uh, and so people around me could see that there was a change in my life. And so, um, you know, the Lord's really done some great things in my life because he's, he's now, he was, he, from the time I was dead, he was there. And uh, so we certainly don't want to take for granted the gospel. When we think about the gospel and receiving Christ as our Savior, is important. I did attend a camp when I was younger or later on as a teen, and I was uh, quite impressed. Uh, this one camp, I think I had two to three people. I actually had two counselors come up beside me. We, maybe we were walking to or from certain places, and they would come up beside me, and they would uh, carry a conversation with me, and they would ask about my, my uh, salvation decision. And I knew what they were doing. I knew it was an incredible, awesome thing that they were doing because they were making sure that me as a camper was a saved individual. And they were planting at least some seeds to let me know that, you know, uh, I can know for sure I'm on my way to heaven. I don't have to guess about it. I don't have to wonder why I wonder about what this is all about. Uh, I can know. And so I appreciate people in camps and things like that that have a, compa- or a passion to, to make sure people understand and let the Spirit of God work. And uh, that really, uh, you know, I, w- I think I was like uh, at that time 16 or 15 or 16 years old, but I'll never forget that because I knew how important it is for the gospel. And so as we as a church, I, I praise, uh, praise the Lord for the, our uh, encouragement for people to get saved. It should always be out there. And that should be always our desires to see if our uh, fellow our neighbors and other people that we know that they're saved. That's an important thing. Some people might be offended by that, but, you know, we need to be – we need to uh, – we need to be encouraged and led of the Lord, and uh, we need to get the gospel out there regardless and let the Lord use us. We don't, want, we don't want to be offensive, but we want to get the gospel out, amen? And we have that opportunity. And there's some people out there that are going to receive Christ as their Savior, and they're going to be so thankful that you did that. You, they're going to be thankful that you got involved with missions. They're going to be involved and that you got involved in the many different ministries that would bring people to Christ. And I'm telling you, it's like a great thing. So in James chapter 2 and verse 14, the Bible says here, we're going to talk about a, a, a dynamic faith. The Bible says, What doth it profit my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister he be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful to, be, to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it, is, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yes, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils uh, also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, he had offered Isaac, his son, upon the altar. Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by, faith, and by works was faith made perfect, that the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. 
Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, thank you for this time. I thank you, uh, just as Brother Renee, he shared a message, Lord, and had us a passion for preaching. I pray that you, he, would, he would develop that. I pray we would all develop a faith that is going somewhere, working and growing. God, we thank you for what you're doing in our, our uh, young people. And we thank you, God, for uh, those that uh, invested in that. Lord, I pray you richly bless them. We thank you for the opportunity we have today, Lord, to get involved and allow our faith to grow and, and, and really become something. We thank you for your precious word. I pray that you bless our time. In Jesus' name, amen. And so uh, a faith that works, we see in the scriptures that true faith will really work. God's design is that our faith would be a living and dynamic testimony of his power. It's about his power. It's about him. It's about God working in our lives. And we see that as we have a faith that should illuminate and go out, and just like I said, as a light, my understanding of the scripture was there. There was like a light that turned on when I got saved, and all of a sudden, the word of God became alive. Everything about God became alive. When I would go to church and hear the preaching of God's word, it came alive. I had a faith that was alive. And so we as Christians, we need to have a faith that is alive, but is also growing, going somewhere. And we see uh, the epistle of James written to the Jewish believers who were scattered outside their Jerusalem, possibly in Syria. Uh, they were being challenged to live out their faith, even though they were enduring a time of suffering. Yeah. It, where they were not going through an easy time, but they needed to get their faith out there. Today, we might, here in America, we might get our, the door slammed on our face if we're out there uh, practicing, giving out the gospel. Yeah. But if we get out there, we allow God the opportunity to demonstrate his power and his ability to work in just being obedient with the gospel. Amen. It's amazing how we can just simply be obedient with the gospel and obedient in walking in faith, how God can bless that, how God can make a little of, of what we do incredibly large. Amen. Not that we have anything to say, uh, but God be glorified. Amen. Amen. And so we see, uh, we see for others, it matters of being sure that their faith was genuine. We see the deception of false faith. Note there are three kinds of, uh, of faith identified in this passage. Dead faith, demonic faith, or dynamic faith. Obviously, uh, dead faith is a false kind of faith. Yeah. And we see that uh, in verse 14 of our text, we see here, what doth it profit, my brethren, though a man be uh, uh, say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or a sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and none of you say unto them, or, or, or and one of you say unto the, uh, of them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding, uh, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, that uh, uh, what doth it profit? And we see the uh, uh, we see the faith that isn't there. We see that we want to, we just tell them to be warm and go in peace. Well, they would leave with nothing. They leave they should be leaving with something you have for them and trying to be an encouragement and blessing to them. But you don't have that for them. We have a faith that we need to. Uh, if we have a true faith, we have a faith that we want to pass on. And we have that desire. That should be a desire for us to uh, have that compassion for others. And it does make a difference, as I think of Jude there. It gives, uh, we think about the fact that, uh, we think about um, a false or a deception, or the false faith. It gives, uh, it assumes, it gives a false profession. And we see that, um, you know, within our lives, we can say, we can come to church and we can look the part. We can put on the suit, we can put on the dress, we can wear uh, nice shoes, we can come with a Bible, 
Uh, some I've seen some Bibles walk through that door before. It looked pretty big, pretty awesome, you know. Uh, some of the guys that came in here a couple years, uh, a few years back, they came in here with big, uh, big, big Bibles. We thought they had machine guns in there or something like that. I thought they were going to pull them out. We were all wondering. We're going, oh, big Bibles. Hmm, that's interesting. You just guys just got out of jail, okay? Uh, no, I don't. But uh, uh, but we see we can live impressively. We can make it look like we live impressively. We can have John three sixteen in our license plate. We can have all kinds of things going our way and look the part. But do you really know Christ as your Savior? It's so important. I'm telling you. Uh, Matthew seven twenty two. Matthew seven twenty two says this. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. In verse 23, and then I will profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Wow, what a scary moment for that person. To understand that that person was even perhaps deceived, maybe deceived by the devil, to think that all that he was doing for the Lord, uh, and yet he wasn't doing it for the Lord, he was doing it for the devil. He didn't know the Lord. The Lord didn't know him. Pastor said this morning, it's important for the Lord to know you. Amen? Uh, if we get to this point uh, where uh, it's going to be important. And Isaiah 29, 13 says this. It says, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. We see when the heart is not with God. You know, when we get saved, you know, uh, we understand that the heart has to be involved with receiving Christ as our Savior. The heart is very much involved. It can't just be a head game. It can't be just up there. It has to be with the heart. For with the heart, man believeth. All right? Man, we understand that's important. And today we have a great opportunity to, uh, to understand that uh, uh, we need to see it very important that people, uh, you know, receive Christ with the heart, with their words, receiving Christ as their Savior. That needs to be important. They need to realize that they're uh, a sinner and they need to repent. Uh, you know, we, uh, I don't know, and I know that plenty of us have seen uh, different news or we've, over the years, I know that Elvis used to be around, and every, there used to be what they call Elvis sightings, you know? Uh, people, they, I, I had an Elvis sighting. I know it had to be him. And it was Elvis, you know? And, and, uh, and they thought perhaps maybe the guy was still alive or whatever. But, and, then, and, then, and then they've had movies where they made movies where there's like uh, uh, all these Elvises dropping out of an airplane, whatever. And so, you know, uh, you, go to, you go to Las Vegas or different places, they have Elvis impersonators and things like that running around. They're all dressed up like Elvises. And it's not Santa Claus, it's Elvis, you know? Uh, they're just running around, but they're imposters. They're not the real guy. And so we know that as Christians, we need to be real. We need to be real. We think about how the fact that it gives no salvation. Uh, can this time of faith save? We are not talking about an intellectual kind of understanding. The Bible says, Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We see the power of God needs to be involved. It needs to be involved in our salvation. Jesus has done all that is required for us to be saved. All we must do is walk through the door of faith and receive Christ as our Savior. With our heart, by the way. Amen. And make it real. It needs to be real. We, we, we serve a real God, by the way. Yeah. If you're a Christian, you serve a real God. He wants us to be real Christians. Yeah. Amen? Uh, Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What a great opportunity we have when we receive Christ as our Savior. Everything changes. 
It's not a matter of hoping. You know, there's a lot of people out there, I'm hoping I get to heaven. I hope, I don't know, I'm, just, I'm a little fearful, and, and I hope everything weighs out. You ever heard that? Way, I hope my good weighs out the bad. Yeah. But it's not, it's not about that at all. Right. We live in a fallen world. We're uh, a fallen creature, and uh, we have a sin nature. And Jesus went to the cross to take care of that Amen. sin nature. All right, he died. He took care of that, the price of what it would cost for us to go to heaven and for our relationship with Christ to be reunited. And so what a great opportunity we have. False faith avoids responsibility. In verse 15 through 16 of our text, James 2, if a brother or sister be naked or destitute of daily food and, um, and one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give uh, them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? What doth it profit? It's empty. It's, it avoids responsibility. We as Christians, we don't, need to res- we don't need to avoid responsibility, man. We need to jump there, in there and be there uh, and take responsibility. And we have the responsibility of the gospel, amen? Yeah. We have a, a world today that needs the gospel. And we would say we're not going to wait for someone to ask us for the gospel. We're going to go out and give them the gospel. Amen. And by the way, uh, the devil is probably not expecting that as much today because not as many people go out with the gospel. Yeah. So you catch the devil off guard. And so people all of a sudden, they're given the opportunity. And God says, you know what, I'm going to bless that because, you know, uh, I love the fact that these people are going out. They're going out of their four doors of their church or their, or their four walls of their building, and they're going out and presenting the gospel. Uh, they're, they're at the job site, and they're sharing the gospel with a coworker. Uh, they're sharing the gospel over the fence with a neighbor. What a great opportunity we have. Amen. And God blesses that. And so we see that um, we don't need to avoid responsibility. We don't need to wait for them to come to us. We need to go to them. Man. And so uh, Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. You know, it's his good pleasure that people will be saved. It's his good pleasure that we are true to what God has given us. We don't know how, we don't know how long we have with the gospel. We know, I believe the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back soon. I believe many of us will be like, oh man, I wish I would have done so much more. So we understand that we need to be consistent. I believe God blesses consistency. We need to get on the road of consistency with the gospel. But we also see the reason it avoids responsibility is because it is dead. And uh, we see that it's dead. A faith that is dead isn't going anywhere, doesn't do anything. And we see that also the deception of the true faith, or the description of a true faith, let's say. True faith is, being, uh, is more than a feeling. In verse 19, the Bible says, thou, uh, thou believest that there is a one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. You know, the devils, they tremble. Uh, we see it, we understand that uh, any time when the devils were uh, talking to Jesus, uh, they were afraid. They were shaking in their boots because they knew who they were talking to. Uh, the maniac of Gemara, uh, when those de- devils, they, they, they were like, oh boy, we got ourselves in a, you know, we're talking to the creator of heaven and earth. We, we can, he can clean our clock. He can send, do whatever. But we understand that, uh, we understand that, uh, we understand that uh, uh, it's more than a feeling. Our faith is more than a feeling. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take us to a place where it's going to, it's going to, it's, it's, it, if it stands on the scripture, it's more than a feeling, all right? And, I, you know, today we're not all about feeling. I know sometimes we can feel like, oh, you know, church is so wonderful. We come in here and, you know, we've got that feeling. And we have a great church. We're, we have a loving church, a great church like that, and that's great. But it's not about feeling. Don't get stuck on feelings. 
is about God's word. And it's not about feeling whether you're saved or not. Are you saved according to God's word? And a lot of us, we get away from the word of God. The Satan comes in and guess what? He, uh, uh, first thing he attacks, he attacks. Well, I wonder if you're really saved because you draw away from the word of God. You get into the word of God and God shows you what it was to be saved. You go, aha, I've done that. I've received Christ as my savior. I, and, and, it, and, and it communicates with your spirit. But it's a lot more than feeling. And so uh, we think about how true faith is lived out each day. We need to allow the the, the faith to live out in our lives every day. We don't need to take any days off. The world can't afford it. <laughs> we can't take any days off. Uh, uh, you know, uh, we can't give ground to the devil. Our, God, our good works do, uh, do not save us. Get that out of your head. Good works isn't going to get you to heaven. It's completely 100% what Jesus did. I love going to the uh, grocery store and at least tell me that the orange juice I'm buying is 100%. And I don't know about you, but if I have two to pick two and it says 90% to 100%, which one do you think I'm going to pick? The 100%. You got it. I want the 100% orange juice. I want the good stuff, all right? Uh, I don't know what's that 10% other stuff they put in there if, they, if it's 90%. But, you know, they're not going to sell it. They're going to sell you 100% because they want you to buy their product. But we understand with God, we, uh, it needs to be 100% God or it doesn't work. It's 100% what Jesus did on the cross or it will not work. 100% what Jesus did on the cross for you to be saved. And it's 100% of Jesus living in you for us to be what he wants us to be. That means we got to get out of the way. A lot of times we got to get it out of the way and let God work. And uh, we see here, uh, you know, we're not, uh, it's, we, we see here today we have a good opportunity to let God work. Titus 3 5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. Amen. It's all his mercy, it's all on him. He has provided, he's brought to the table everything for us to be saved. We we stand in light of vi in victory, and uh, we have the great we have some great things to look forward to. Uh, not because we deserve it, because we certainly don't deserve it. But God has extended it to us. He loves us. He wants us. He's invited us. He's adopted us into His family. It's an incredible thing. What a great God we have. We see that our our good works are evidences, though, of salvation. What's God doing in your life? Are you really saved? Are you really walking through the doors of this church? Uh, because you have that desire in your heart and life. Are you opening, cracking and opening the word of God because you have a desire to, for God to speak to you? Are you getting on your knees and, and praying to God because you have a desire uh, that faith will move you forward and it needs to move us forward? Philippians 2.12 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now more, much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We see uh, that it's important for us to allow our, our faith to go somewhere. Amen. We see that it's uh, so important. We think about how Jesus Christ lives within our lives. We've invited Jesus into our lives. He's living there with us. Uh, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And, he's, and I'm telling you, he's with us all the time. And a lot of us, we, get, we, 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 go, we live day by day, and we lose contact with him for some reason. But he's there with us. And we need to, we need to draw closer to him. Uh, doesn't James, he says, draw close to me, and he'll draw close to you. And you draw close to him, and he'll draw closer to you. Amen. And so we need to do that. We see that uh, a dyna a dynamic, uh, the dynamic of true faith, how does it work? 
when a person places the, his faith in Christ as Savior, he begins a lifelong work of changes in that person. And by the way, some people are changing at different speeds at different times. Some of us, we might look at someone else, well, oh, I, he doesn't seem to be changing too much. Or, well, maybe it's not your business, but, uh, but we, need to be, we need to be praying for each other. By the way, you need to pray for someone. You, you, you think you see some warning signs, you need to pray for them, encourage somebody, but don't be judgmental. Try to encourage people. And, and I'm telling you, people are in different speeds of growth. And maybe down the road someone will pass you up. You know, oh, man, he's got it in a higher gear here. And uh, the Lord is, and maybe it's God's plan, you know. And, and, and so we need to be careful there. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says there, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Don't you love buying a new car? You get into that new car, you go, oh, a new car smell. And, you know, I know they got that new car smell. You can spray it in the car. And they can act like this is a new car. Doesn't this a great car? Uh, yeah, it's a great price. I don't think I can afford it. But uh, it, they got that great smell, great smell. It's nothing like having clothes and different things that we buy that have great smell and, and the essence. And, boy, life is something different when we're a new creature, when we're saved. It's exciting. And as we can't continue on, you know, God can continue to make that exciting but we need to stay close to him. When we stay close to him, we give him opportunity to work in our lives, in the lives around of the people that are around us. What a great opportunity that is. True faith believes in God. What a great thing that is that we believe in God. In verse 23 of our text, uh, James 2, 23, and the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. What a thing to be called the friend of God. Now, this is no small thing for Abraham. I'm telling you that Abraham had some faith. As we look at Abraham, oh, that we would have some of that faith that Abraham had, that it would be imputed unto us righteousness, because that righteousness will glorify God and allow God to be honored and glorified. Our lives need to be honored and glorifying to him. We see that in Genesis uh, 15, verse 6, and he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness just because he believed the Lord. Amen. You know what? It's one thing to, to have something and go, I hope it works. <laughs> it's one thing to have something, well, I think it'll work. But if we have the confidence, no, I know it'll work. Amen. You have confidence in knowing it'll work. You have confidence, by the way, in God's word, by the way, and it should be in God's word. It isn't in something somebody says or some philosophy or something you heard on the radio. It's in God's word. Is it in God's word? And you can have confidence in that. We have confidence in God that backs this word like nobody else, nobody's business. And we understand that we have the opportunity to trust him. We have the opportunity to prove God. How many times we think about Malachi and giving and different things like that? Proving God. With what we have, the little uh, the wit, uh, we think about the widow that brought her two mites, and Jesus stops everything and says, "Hey, disciples, look at this. Uh, he she, look at what she's given, and she gives her money and, and and the two mites. And think about the fact that she was proving God. Is God watching? You better believe He's watching, and probably all heaven's watching too. But we understand that we have the opportunity to prove God, no matter how much you have. By the way, kids can prove God too." Whatever, don't don't think. Well, huh, isn't that cute? They're giving their money. They're getting their offering. They're getting their their envelopes up, and they're putting their pennies in there. Whatever. Uh, don't don't despise small things. The faith you need to encourage that. Their faith in their lives, and God can do something with something small. It's incredible. 
And so don't just buy small things. We understand that it's a great thing and that faith needs to grow. It, sm it starts small. When we think about this, the, the, uh, the faith of a mustard seed, it starts out as a small little seed, but yet a great tree it can grow from that, that the, that the birds lodge in it. It's an incredible tree that the birds can lodge in it and call home, and it's from a little seed. And, and, and the Bible compares that to be like faith, that little seed that starts out. When we think about what God can do with just a little faith, but we also we see that we must believe God's promise. In Acts 16, verse 31, it says, And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Remember the story of Paul and Silas, and, of course, they were in the middle of that jail. And, of course, they were beaten and all that and put in the middle of that jail. They, at midnight, they started singing praises. and well, They were probably singing praises before midnight. And they prayed, and they sing praises, and all of a sudden, the earth shake. And that whole place, just all the doors came open, their shackles came off. And all of a sudden, that guy was about to take his own life, that jailer. And uh, they sprung in there with a light and said, do thyself no harm. And it ended up that that jailer, God had a plan for that jailer and his whole family to be saved. And so what a great opportunity that was. And they, they believed God's promise in the whole house, and they all got baptized. What a great opportunity that was. What a great little meeting that was, amen? Didn't start out very, it started off kind of rocky as they got beat up and everything else like that, but, but it turned out really well. I think it turned out really well. We will receive God's forgiveness. What a great thing that is. We think about, no, it was imputed unto them righteousness. God accounts us as righteous. What a great thing that is. Hey, I, I, we're not perfect. You know, I didn't, I, nobody in here is perfect, by the way. We're still not perfect. We're not going to be perfect until we get to heaven. And we are waiting for that. We're going to have that perfect body. We're going to have that perfect desire. We're going to have perfect amount of energy. Praise the Lord, amen. So how many of you get some low energy or whatever? We're trying different diets, trying to get some more energy. Maybe you're working out and all this and everything, and you're trying to get more energy. Well, we're going to have bodies that aren't going to wear out. We're going to have bodies that have lots of energy. We're going to be excited to be around the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we're going to have a great thing. Imputed unto us as righteousness. Romans 5 1 says this Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we do need a peace, don't we? In this world, I'm telling you, uh, they have a different kind of peace. I'd like to have a piece of you, you know. Uh, they have this, like, we have confrontation everywhere you look, but God gives us a peace. And we need to have that peace, especially as we go through the storms of life. We see the importance of, uh, of having that peace as we. Go through this world. True faith beha behaves according to the nature of God. It goes alongside of the nature of God as we walk with him. And um, millions of people say they believe in Christ, but in their lives they deny him. And uh, we think about the fact that true faith is sacrificial faith. Trusting God. Sometimes, you know, God might ask you to do something. You know, Abraham, guess what? God asked him to do something, right? What did he ask him? He asked him to, hey, I want you to take your son, Isaac, and I want you to go up somewhere, right, to test him. Of course, he didn't carry it out because an angel of the Lord held him back. But because of his faith, God brought about some incredible things in Abraham's life and his lineage. And God allows us to see that and see that faith. And what we need to know is, well, are we going to trust God? Are we going to have that faith? Are we going to trust his word? This is his word right here. We have a, we have, we're so blessed today. We have a complete Bible here, a complete, his complete word right here. Are we going to choose to obey it? Are we going to choose to allow it to form us and direct us and guide us? You know, we see the true faith is, uh, we see that uh, 
But we think about the fact that uh, this uh, true faith was sacrificial faith. By this act, he demonstrated the reality of his experience with God. So he demonstrated the reality of his experience with God. Perhaps our reality, when we need to put that in demonstration, when we get to know God, we need to de demonstrate that. We need to demonstrate, sometimes we need to demonstrate the love we have within our lives that God has given us just to other people. Amen. We need to reflect that light. We need to reflect that love, real love. And where people say, you know, that's, that's real love. This isn't like the, world that, the, the love that the world has. This is different. We see that true faith is a serving faith. Verse 25, the Bible says, Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by, faith, by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. Oh, she could have got them all caught. She could have got them in all in trouble. But she decided, you know what? We've heard some things, and I believe in your God. I don't believe in these guys' gods. And she changed the future of her family lineage. By the way, uh, in my family, I have some strong women that were strong in faith. And I believe that there are some changes in, my, in their future. In my lifetime right now, there's big changes that happen in my lifetime right now because of their faith. They, their husbands didn't get it done. I'm just telling you, the women had strong faith. So by the way, Rahab, good job. Uh, it changed the future of the, her future and her lineage. And they could look back and be thankful. Thank you for doing what you did by faith. We see here, uh, the uh, true faith is serving. So she was serving. She was serving. She was getting it done. We understand Joshua 2.9 says this, And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. This is Ahab's uh, telling these guys what her perception of it was. I'm, per, I'm so glad that she had the right perception. You know, you know, God can reveal that to us. We understand that God reveals us some things in our lives, and God reveals some things to us that maybe he won't reveal to other people. Rahab, God revealed it to Rahab who these people were. You know what? We, God reveals some things to us, and he does that through the preaching of God's word. He does that through his word. He reveals some things. And by the way, that doesn't mean that we are given those things. We do nothing with them. We're supposed to do something with them. Rahab did something with them. People of faith do something with them. We also see Joshua uh, 2.11 says, And as soon as uh, we had heard these things, our heart did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. What's the testimony the Lord will play out when we do what God wants us to do? Amen. And what a great thing that is. I think a fire, uh, there's a firefighter, Timothy Stackpole, was severely burned in a New York fire early, uh, fire early in 2001. As the month of September approached, the superior officer approached him and urged him to take early retirement. After several meetings, this uh, Stackpole, uh, was his name, finally said, look, I'm going back. It's my calling. It's what I do. I'm a firefighter. His first take back was September 11th, and the first call was the Trade Center Tower one. I'm a firefighter. And so we see that he did what he was called to do. He believed that's what he was called to do. And what an incredible thing that is. What a hero we have. We understand that we have the opportunity not just to become a hero, but we allow God to work in our lives and get the glory. Amen. We see that in conclusion, each of us, each of us must have faith in Christ alone for our salvation. We think about the fact that 
Are you assuming an, an, an identity, or do you know Christ personally? Don't play church. Don't play church. No Christ as your Savior. Each of us will have a faith that can work for the glory of God if we allow it. We see Matthew 5, 16, let your, your, let your sh a light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. Do people look at your life and glorify the Father in heaven? Go, glory to God. Look at that person. Look at the faith that he is demonstrating. Glory to God. And they will, by the way. We see today we have an opportunity to allow, allow God, let God work in our lives. Let, let's let God work in our lives. Let's do something with that faith. Let's let God do something. Sometimes we just need to get out of the way and let God work through us. But we need to have faith. Let that faith grow and go somewhere for the Lord. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, thank you, God, for tonight. 